You're listening to Bought and Beloved. Ladies and gents, it's your girl Kirby Kelly, also known as Kirby is a boss on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And welcome to this week's episode of the Bought and Beloved podcast. Man, oh man. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Um, or if you're a loyal listener, so glad that you decided to come back and tune into today's episode. Whether you have just been missing out for a while um, and are just deciding, hey, it's time to catch up. You picked a perfect series that we're doing. Um, we are in the series Life's Big Questions. We are going to be taking the next three weeks to talk about life's big questions, answering who am I, what do I do, um, and what's next. Now, this is our part two, our second episode for the Life's Big Questions series. Today, we're going to be answering the question, what do I do? So before we go into this episode, um, I would love to also say, hey, go listen to last week's episode. It's part one. Um, We are going to be building off of last week's foundation where we talked about who am I, and it was a conversation on identity and purpose. Um, And in this week, we are really going to be focusing on major decision making. And the reason why I wanted to implement this episode and bring this episode back, a previous episode I recorded, is because I know I'm in a personal season right now um, where, you know, I'm halfway done with my master's, I'm married now, um, I'm going to be turning 25 soon in a few months and it's like oh my gosh I feel like I'm being hit with so many questions like what insurance plan do I get on like I'm being hit with major questions um and decisions not just in the normal day-to-day life but even in the theological realm of like God what do you want me to do like what do you want me to do in this season do you want me to take this opportunity do you want me to move on to the dreams that you've put in my heart um I really feel like I'm stepping into major decision making in this season that I'm in and I cannot be alone in that like I know that I'm not alone in that and so if that's you if you are in a season or a place right now where you feel like God I need wisdom I need a sign I need to know something that you know that I don't know in regards to making a decision um this is the perfect podcast for you. I'm so excited for today's conversation on this. So yeah, sit back, enjoy, listen, learn. Um, and I really hope that the Lord ministers to you through this in whatever situation you are needing hope, guidance, and wisdom in. I love you guys and enjoy this episode. Ladies and gents, my name is Kirby Minnick, also known as Kirby is a Boss on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And welcome to another episode of the Bot and Beloved podcast. It is a joy to have you here today. If it's your first time here, welcome. I put out new podcast episodes every single Friday. So before you forget, go subscribe for that. I am so happy to have you here today. And if this is, you know, your second time, your third time, your 19th time, welcome back. Welcome back, fam. Uh, I encourage you all 
who have been here for a minute to leave a rating and if you have time leave a quick review because I know that encourages and reassures people to just check out everything that you know God has just put on my heart to share with y'all and don't forget to follow me on my social media I'm always uploading on YouTube on Instagram in fact if you listen to last week's podcast then you know that I recently got back from Norway I did some really awesome missionary work over there and or just like ministry work I should say but I vlogged my entire time over there it's a really funny vlog I did all kinds of really cool new editing styles with it and I'm really proud of it so if you're wanting to just you know have a good laugh and also see what God is doing over in Europe you can go check that out my YouTube channel Kirby is a boss I also posted about it on Instagram you can check it out there but yeah wanted to plug that in but if you clicked on this podcast and you read the title of this podcast or you just listened to the past two podcasts that I did, then you know that this is part three, our last segment of the relationship series that I have been doing. And don't worry, there's going to be plenty more podcasts to come in the future about relationships because honestly, like there's there's a lot of bases to cover with that. Um, but this is going to conclude or, or dive into the final segments of purpose, position, and now pursuit. But just a reminder, the podcast was sent in by Lauren from Louisiana. She emailed me and she inspired me to do this series and I'll refresh your memory and read what she typed in. So she sent in, hey Kirby, something that has been big on my heart lately is relationships, mainly dating, and how easy it is to let other people take the place of God as our number one. It kills me to see so many guys and girls putting all of their faith and worth into another person when God is the only one who can bear a weight like that. I just think it's a topic that is not talked about enough, and I would just love to hear what God has shown you about this. People need to know that God is fighting for their heart and that we don't need to end up marrying someone to be considered worthy. Love you and your willingness to let God use you as his vessel. Sincerely, Lauren from Louisiana. Now, as a little reminder to you all, my public email, it's boughtandbeloved at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, boughtandbeloved at gmail.com. And that's where you can submit your biblical-based questions, your topic ideas. And, and I love to read through them, pick a submission, and curate a whole podcast based around them. So if you need some advice, some wisdom, or want to know more about what the Bible has to say about whatever topic is on your mind, email me. Email me there. And yeah, another little shameless plug. We'll get into the meat here in a second. If you haven't listened to parts one and two, feel free to go listen to those um, or cue them up. But I want to recap those before we dive into part three. So in part one, we talked about God's purpose in dating, a super modern concept that the Bible doesn't necessarily highlight. However, knowing the purpose of marriage and how it's a covenant meant to glorify God, we can conclude that dating is a process that precedes that. And it's about finding someone that you not only click with, but but someone that you feel at peace with and that you want to partner with long-term and doing ministry with one day. It's a stage of evaluation and intentionality. And in part two, in, in the second podcast I did, we talked about how our boyfriends or our girlfriends, there is a, a specific position and a placement for them in a relationship and that they're not meant to be the person you put your hope in or that you worship because that's God's place. And if we place God as the forerunner and the foundation of all that we do in a relationship, then we have better odds of glorifying God throughout that process. And that leads us here to part three, uh, which is all about pursuit, the pursuit of one another and also the pursuit after God. So without further ado, let's get into it. 
Now, there are many elements when it comes to pursuing a healthy relationship. And honestly, I would need more than just like a 30-minute, 40-minute podcast to accomplish that. And You know, I don't have all the wisdom in the world on dating. Trust me, God is working on my heart as well with just views of intimacy and pursuit. But what I have learned and what God has taught me over the years, I've condensed down to four simple things in regards to pursuit in a biblical manner. So if you want to pursue a healthy relationship, these four Ps will guide you and keep you on a safer track. And the four Ps that we are going to dive into are one, put God first, two, place boundaries, three, process with mentors, and four, partner up in prayer. Now, I'm assuming that you understand that with, you know, pursuing someone, there comes sacrifice on our end, making time for another person, having healthy and open communication, So please implement all of those things as well. But like I said, today, I just want to focus on some biblical basics. So the first one, number one, put God first. If we were to read Matthew chapter six, verse 33 in the New Living Translation, this is what it says. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. If we were to read it in the NIV translation, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you as well. Ladies and gents, when it comes to pursuing one another in a relationship and and loving one another, you first and foremost must individually, not just collectively, but individually seek the kingdom of God above all else. You and your boyfriend or girlfriend need to seek intimacy with God over any other individual first. Men, if you want to properly pursue after a woman of God, you need to pursue God first. And ladies, if you want to be pursued and to love a man of God back, you need to give your heart away to Jesus first. If we were to read the Shema, I don't know if you're familiar with the Shema. I talked about it in a in a previous podcast. It was it was a really good podcast. I forget which one. Um just listen to them all, you know? I think it was probably about like hearing God or bold faith or trusting in God, something like that. But the Shema is is basically what Jews would pray. And it's it's the basic outlines for the Jewish faith and people. And it's located in Deuteronomy chapter six. But if we were to just read Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five through six in the New Living Translation, it says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. So why does it matter that we pursue God first? Well, (laughs) because that's where our help comes from. Come on, and we need all the help we can get when it comes to loving people, especially in a relationship. We need to understand that within a relationship, we are in the stages of becoming more vulnerable and real with another person. Now, marriage is the epitome of that, but we get to begin analyzing the character of a person in this stage, what has been proven, not just what the potential might be. So when we pursue after God first, that enables us to be aligned, corrected, refined, renewed, and cultivated so that we can bear the image of Christ better and produce life-giving fruit that is essential for a relationship to thrive. 
I mean, think about what the fruits of the Spirit are, right? We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We want those not just individually in our lives, but collectively within a relationship as well. We want those fruits to be born and shared in a relationship with people, both in dating relationships and in friendships. Those fruits are only born when the Spirit of God is alive and at active work within us. And that comes through communing and pursuing God intimately, not just reading the verse of the day, not just, you know, going to church on the weekends or attending a really cool Christian summer camp. No, it is meeting with God daily. And that is not an impossible thing to do. If it were an impossible thing to do, God would make 25 hours within a day and eight days a week. We are able to give God time throughout the day. And sometimes people will will comment and tell me, oh, Kirby, you're just, you're asking asking too much of us that that's that's perfection we're not perfect that's an impossible standard friends by no means are we perfect i will agree with you on that by no means but there are standards we can pursue and grow in. God did not make his commandments impossible for us. Maybe if we try it by our own strength and accord, we will fail, but not by his mercy and grace. That is why if we pursue after him first and foremost, intimately and intentionally, all these things will be added unto us. He will give us the grace and the strength to put these things into practice in order to pursue our future spouse with intimacy and intentionality. We got to do it with God first. We got to, because we need the grace and guidance to, to properly love one another, to love another person the way that we genuinely want to be loved as well, and, the gen- and, and, and in the way that we genuinely want to love them. It's hard to love another person, not just feeling-wise, but, but through choice. It's hard to choose to sacrifice our pride and routine. It is hard to discuss topics that you disagree on. It's hard to communicate at times. It's hard when you and the other person have individual struggles and baggage that you're working on. We need to pursue God first if we are ever going to get it right with another person. Because many of us, we can't get it right by ourselves. Pursue God first and you will find your fulfillment and worth in Him. Pursue God first and you will be able to hear His voice clearer in these important areas of your life. Pursue God first and you will begin to bear His image more and more and see how He pursues us. And in so, you'll begin to do the same with with those that you love. Pursue God first because he alone is the most worthy of our attention, our affection, and our admiration. You are doing your boyfriend or girlfriend a disservice if you fail to make your relationship with God top priority. Because all we are and all we do flows from him. Not only do we want to receive that kind of love, mercy, and grace from our partner, but we should want to give them the same things in such a way that God gave for us willingly and selflessly. And again, it's it's in marriage that we will be able to fully do that because dating relationships are not covenant and you need to guard your heart. And that brings us actually to point number two. That's a good segue. And point number two is place boundaries. And hear me loud and clear. I'm going to say this for the people in the back. Your boyfriend is not your husband. Your girlfriend is not your wife. Maybe one day, You know, God willing, if they're a faithful man or woman who you click with and want to crush the head of the enemy with. But for now, no. Even in the engagement stage, it's still not official, boo. Engaged ain't married. 
Now, I'm not just talking about physical boundaries. We're going to get into emotional boundaries later. But, but yeah, physical boundaries, those are vital. And they need to be stressed and addressed because when you get that close with a person and you begin making that choice to love them, just dating, just dating, when you begin becoming that close and, and you make the choice to love them, there is a natural expression and desire that begins to arise within you. And that is communicated in the physical, aka sex. All right, we're just going to say it, sex. I'm talking about sex. God created sex, and sex is a good thing. Now, I'm not married, nor have I had sex. I'm a virgin, yayit, <laughs> so I can't speak from experience. But from what I do know, from what the Bible says, and from what you know, everybody else says, specifically preachers, sex is a good thing. And, and you want to know another term for it? Making love. We want to manifest and express the love that we feel and choose. And that is the closest two people will ever be. The most vulnerable two people a husband and a wife could ever be. It's about satisfying the other person selflessly and communing in a sacred space. It's a beautiful picture of God. It is a sacred picture of what covenant is and an aligning together in a special and sacred place. It belongs in a safe place, not just of commitment, because you can break out of a commitment, but covenant, y'all, covenant is for real. Like if we were to actually honor covenant, biblically speaking, you don't break covenant. You honor covenant. You stay because of covenant. And it is by the grace and the mercy of Jesus that we get to be in covenant with God. Even that while we still sin, Jesus made a covenant with God on our behalf and took on the weight of the cross so that we could still remain in covenant with him. He will never break his promise, provision, or relationship with us who have chosen to be his because of covenant. Don't you want your sex life to be in a space like that? A space of promise? A space that doesn't just say, yeah, we can do this now because that's where we're heading anyways. Because truthfully, you don't know what tomorrow brings, let alone the next hour. But you want that to be in a space that says, we are in covenant. I will faithfully remain because I choose to honor and abide no matter what I feel or what comes across our path. Covenant, y'all. And boundaries are so important because it leads us to a place where covenant can be fully fulfilled and enjoyed. And, and I, I want to trail off for a second and, and then come back to this. I want to talk about purity for a second. And I don't know what you've done. I don't know what sin you're currently in, what sin you may commit one day, which I pray against in the name of Jesus. And I don't know what's been done to you without your consent. And for that, I am deeply grieved and I hurt for you. I am so sorry if anything ever happened to you. But whatever shame you may feel, whatever brokenness you may feel, whatever sense of worthlessness or disgust you may feel, that is, if, if that's you, God's love for you has never changed. He still wants you. And I know, I know, I know, you might not believe that. You might not feel that. But our feelings don't dictate and change truth. The truth is that God remains with his people. Why? Because of covenant. And beyond that, it's not just because of obligation. Oh, I have to love them. But it's because he genuinely loves us. God is love. He wants to love us. He so loves us that he sent his son to die for us. 
2,000 years ago, Jesus had that on his mind. And he hung on a cross and he knew that the final breath he would give would free you from the condemnation and shame that you feel right now. What you are living in right now, he felt that and he died for that 2,000 years ago. It was fresh on his mind 2,000 years ago. He died for this moment in that moment. It was already taken care of and he rose and he still chooses you. He will always choose you. He will forgive you of your sins if you committed sin. He will wash you clean if you feel used and abused and dirty. And he will clothe you in righteous robes of white so that you can continue to stand before the Father in purity and in holiness. If you sinned, repent, be forgiven. If someone hurt you in their sin, God is faithful to heal your heart and enable you to forgive. And also remember that vengeance is the Lord's and he will take care of everything if it is due to them. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... Okay, let's get real for a second. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, anxiety and unhealthy fear was something that was truly holding me back from running in the freedom Christ bought for me. It was burdensome, tiring, discouraging, but I heard an ad for faithful counseling and I decided to try out for myself. And I have seen so much freedom in my life since pairing up with one of their amazing Christian counselors. In case you don't know, faithful counseling is an incredible online Christian counseling platform where they assess your needs and they match you with one of their own licensed professional therapists. You can start communicating within 24 hours and figure out your best way of communication, whether it be instant messaging, phone calls, video calls. They have a broad range of expertise in the Faithful Counseling Network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Their services are available worldwide and they aim to be the best financial option for your freedom as well. With that, when you visit getfaithful.com slash Kirby, you can get 10% off of your first month of counseling. So please, if you're anything like me and you're ready for freedom in this fight and want to be empowered in the truth of scripture as you journey through this, then check out getfaithful.com slash Kirby. Back to physical boundaries. We need physical boundaries established. And I know the common question is, okay, well, how far is too far? How far can we go? And you know, that's there are some people that are like just trying to get as close to the line as possible. And then there are others that genuinely are like, well, honestly, like how far is too far? Honey, if you're trying to get as close to the line without crossing the line, then you need to check your heart. Genuinely, I want you to ask yourself, what do you feel conviction about? If you feel conviction in your heart about something, don't do it. I encourage you to run as far from that line as possible because the closer you press into that line, the easier it could be to slip into that territory. I don't care how good of a Christian you are. I don't care how many books you've read. I don't care. Physical temptation is real. 
That goes for everyone. And that is why out of all the sins we could commit, Jesus tells us to flee from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 in the New Living Translation says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Y'all, with this, with this, as you enter into a relationship, I encourage you, sit down and have a honest conversation and literally write down your boundaries. You know, even the ones that go beyond the physical. Make a list of physical boundaries as well as general boundaries. You know, physical boundaries could be, yeah, holding hands, that's fine. Kissing, it's fine. But X, Y, and Z are not fine. You know, laying horizontally, not fine. We're not going to hang out in each other's bedrooms. Like, set up those things. Get specific. We want a specific list because we don't want any room for maybes. One day y'all, you know, are making out and hands wander and one thing leads to another. Oh, but it wasn't on the list. And then that leads to a window of opportunity. And that's unwise. Be specific and have a trusted mentor keep you both accountable with these things. Show them your list. And let them add things to it if they think it'll help you out. But but more on that in a minute. Make another list. Make another list with emotional and general boundaries. You know, we're not going to hang out this late. We won't FaceTime past 11 p.m. Because that's when, you know, we start getting really emotional and, and we start crossing boundaries. This can really help. Emotional boundaries are, you know, they're a bit harder to nail on the head. But this this is more so about the vulnerability with your heart. Because you can give your heart away to a person and not your body, but still be completely and utterly crushed when the breakup happens. Regret and pain can still come with that. You don't want to give your whole heart away too quickly to a person. And that's why we need to establish that, that Jesus is, is first. And we need to understand the purpose and the placement of dating, like I talked about in, in part one and part two. That will help us be better guards of our emotional state. And the best way to have emotional boundaries is to have a clear understanding of what wisdom and discernment are. And I mean, you got to pray for these things. Read the book of Proverbs. I mean, come on. And again, advise a mentor in these things. Ask them what they believe is proper to share and in what time. You know, for instance, there might be certain struggles that are unwise to share in this moment or, or family drama or, you know, sometimes it just comes with expressing your feelings too quickly, even by, by word, just through communicating. Emotions are so good and healthy, but your actions and result of those emotions need to be God-honoring and wise in order to protect your heart because your heart's a precious thing. If we were to read Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You don't want to hurt yourself or another person in crossing emotional boundaries, you know, getting too close too quick in that way because sometimes too much vulnerability can be damaging in that sense. But good things take time. In healthy relationships, it, it requires patience and cultivation and wisdom and lots of discernment. So yeah, don't mess up a good thing through through motivations of the honeymoon phase. But we're gonna we're gonna move into the third P. So the third point was process with mentors. Now these last two are gonna be kind of quick. I deeply, deeply encourage you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend to not only find a mentor to share, preferably a couple, uh, 
but also individually find mentors. Maybe a few that can just speak life into you with your relationship. Women, seek out women. My men out there that are listening, seek out men. You will want people who have been where you are to provide godly wisdom, insight, and advice, and to have people who will keep you accountable and call out the sin in your life. Because man, a, a, a good friend, like they'll, they'll tell you how it is when you need to hear it. And regarding the boundaries list, you both need mentors that you can truthfully report to if and when you fall out of sin and have them ask you regularly, hey, are you keeping up with X, Y, and Z? Keep you in check. You need people looking out for you because there are wolves out there. There are foxes out there that are going to try and squeeze their little heads into your relationship and bring about destruction. And community really helps us combat those things in the light. When we have those things exposed in the light, we're more likely to refrain from sinning in secret, allowing deeper shame and actions to settle in and corrupt something that could be beautiful and glorifying to God. I know that's kind of a quick tidbit, but yeah, surround yourself with good, healthy community. Mentors are more valuable than you know. And alongside that, accountability in general among you, you know, close friends, that's important as well. You need people to link arms with you and help you as you run uh, your race individually and collectively in your relationship. And we need the whole body if we're going to cross the finish line effectively. So that's point number three. And then quickly and finally, point number four is partner up in prayer. You, your boyfriend, your friends, your parents, your mentors, your church, get everybody praying for y'all. But especially you and your boyfriend, y'all need to be intentional or you and your girlfriend, you need to be intentional about, about praying for your relationship. Because John 10.10, 10, a really good verse that I encourage everybody to memorize is the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus speaking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Satan is only going to steal, kill, and destroy from you, whereas Jesus is going to give you a rich and satisfying life. And prayer, prayer covers us and calls upon the name of Jesus, which is a strong tower to those who are under attack from the enemy. And newsflash, we are all <laughs> on, on the enemy's watch list. As if you didn't have enough of a target on your back alone, when two powerhouse believers begin pursuing one another, how much bigger does that target become for Satan to try and tear apart and, and corrupt? Because marriage is, is a beautiful powerhouse of showing God's glory and grace in, in the physical, in the world. And, and dating is what, what preludes that. So, of course, Satan's going to try and corrupt it from the start. But prayer is a weapon in which we call upon the name of Jesus, declare the truth and promises of God so that the enemy has no ground or no means of infiltrating with his lies. Prayer puts us in a position to ask and receive from God, receive his help, his guidance, his wisdom, patience, peace, grace, protection, all of those things and more for your relationship, all of those things and more that your relationship needs in order to thrive and in order to stand. Because spiritual warfare is real. The enemy is always attacking and scheming in little ways that we sometimes fail to realize. He does not want to see the body link arms in friendships, relationships, marriages, churches, he will scheme all he can to tear down each of those unions. So we need to be aware that that prayer is something that we need to call upon and use for the safety of our relationships, the safety of yourself, the safety of your partner. 
reiterate truth, reiterate the promises, reiterate the blessings of God that he gives us in scripture. Because the Lord hears the cries of our hearts, and he's faithful to draw near to those who call upon his name, individually and collectively, with discernment, of course, pray for one another and for the relationship that God will have his hand of protection, provision, and wisdom over that relationship, that you would be able to identify every attack and walk in God's way of combat. Now, I know that those final two were a bit quick, but I really felt like I needed to take time um, specifically on the first two. But when we pursue after God with our whole heart, we can love one another so much deeper, so much better. We need to be careful to set up boundaries, both physical and emotional, because the enemy is always on the prowl to take down a good thing that can bring God glory. With that in mind, we need to surround ourselves with mentors and a community of healthy and strong believers that will pour out truth into our relationships, guide us, and keep us accountable even when it might be a bit hard and awkward. That's the purpose of the body, y'all. So utilize it. And finally, link arms in prayer. Get all hands on deck and all knees on the ground praying. Praying for safety, declaring the promises of God, and interceding for protection and provision because the enemy is always down to clown with disturbing the peace that God wants to establish. Alrighty, everybody. I really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. I know it was a rerun from a past episode. I got so many. I got so many new people tuning in that I know sometimes people are missing out on these episodes that I've recorded so, so long ago. And I was listening to this one and I just knew that, hey, this was one that I needed to add to the series. And I hope in you listening to it, you were encouraged and you have just grown to trust in the Lord, trust in the discernment that he has given you and that you can press into the wisdom that he is giving you in this situation, in this decision-making that as you wait on the Lord and as you're proactive in this, um, that, he would just help you to know the steps that he has ordained for you. That is my hope and my prayer with this episode. But again, thank you for tuning in to part two of Life's Big Questions, where we answer today's question of what do I do in in the terms of major decision-making? Now, next week will be part three, our last episode in this series, and we will be answering the question, what's next? Living life and also leading for Christ. So if you want to know those next steps um, of just how to live boldly for Jesus, um, how to be a leader and specifically lead for Christ and lead people to Christ, tune in to next week's episode. It's going to be awesome. You can subscribe to the podcast to be notified for when that goes live. But until then, tune in to all of the other episodes I already have and get ready for next Wednesday's drop when that goes live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere there are podcasts. But until then, I love you guys. Have a happy holiday season. Um, stay safe, stay warm, and stay blessed. Jesus loves you, and he will help guide your steps in major decision making. Thanks for listening to Bought and Beloved. For more information about the show, visit ConvergePodcastNetwork.com.
This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.